Hey, Karagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Brits Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're absolutely right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by St. Paul Public Schools, now giving out signing bonuses, so make sure to check them out at spps.org. Yeah, I'd love to uh, get out there with them again. And I'm a former high school teacher. I had my alarm go off. It must uh, be school time. But uh, a former high school teacher, and I'd love to get back uh, with them if I have the time and if I don't get reelected. Oh, wow. Hey, uh, we are here, and it's Friday. We're here with State Senator Mary Kunish, and she's uh, on vacation here. So she's spending some time with us. We really, really appreciate it. And good to see you, State mm-hmm. Senator Mary Kunish of Minnesota. Miigwech, anybody, uh, 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 Robert, and uh, Matakiape, everybody. It's good to be here. Take a little break from uh, vacay and and catch up on things. Yeah, so uh, a lot going on. We uh, are learning a lot of new words because of we're indicting the the former president in many things, and I I love how the uh georgia people are doing it and statewide so i I don't know if you have any response to that but it's just like justice needs to be served and we all have to be treated the same even though it's virtually impossible to uh, treat uh, trump the same um you know it just it just keeps evolving again you know this whole evolution of this case is just phenomena you know the the whole part about um you know Trump trying to invalidate everything right. and over to, you know even though we all know and he knows that he worked very hard and got a lot of people to jump on his bandwagon and overturn the elections um you know I don't know how he thinks he can get get away with it I mean there's just so many counts against him and his associates and it's not just the whole um, election uh, ter- overturned, but you know there was forgery and racketeering. Right. Um, they were soliciting public officials to violate their oath of office, and you know, like we said, it's not just Trump that's being mm-hmm. indicted. I think there were eighteen other people, including Mark Meadows, um, his former White House chief of staff, of course, Rudy Giuliani, who yeah. just I mean, he just morphed into something I don't that we were ever thinking that he would. And of course, John Eastman. So, um, you know, those federal charges are, are serious, serious charges. And, you know, it, it was bizarre that I think at one point he was trying to create a policy or whatever, where he could, um, he could not forgive himself, but right. uh, pardon himself, pardon himself. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I hope Georgia comes down really hard on um, on them. I mean, the fact that they charged them in, and with the indictment and um, and, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing oh. that he knowingly and fully uh, joined the conspiracy to change that outcome. So we'll right. see. Well, and Mary, uh, I heard that all, if you add all the years that he could be convicted, it's something like 740 years in six months. Oh my gosh. If he gets convicted to the extreme on each one of these charges across the 
the the Turtle Island here. It's just amazing, and I feel sorry there was. I don't know the whole story about this, uh, but I feel sorry there was some electors that uh, he threw the Trump threw under the bus, and they were getting threats and all these mm-hmm. things about uh, you know. I, I don't know if they were electors. I think they worked at the at the polling place, and he put their names out there and addresses, and they've got nothing but threats, and that's what he can do and his followers can do. So it's, it's going to be interesting to watch here because I think a lot yeah. of them are uh, in the balance here. And thank goodness we got a great running state government right now. Yeah. I mean, that intimidation and those threats to, um, you know, the folks at the election people that ran the elections and um, manned the voting sites and that sort of thing, you know, that's, that's just scary. And how do we really. I think we had Mary, Mary's frozen. It looks like Haley. She is frozen. (laughs) We're always trying to get people to come in and do that. And, um, you know, and the fact that he even like created in Georgia this this whole slate of fake electors. Yeah. And um they were they were supposed to be the ones that were gonna sign, you know, the victory before that Trump won Georgia. And it was all a farce. And yeah. everybody knows it, and yet he continues to say he's not guilty of these charges. So well, it's taken a couple of years. It's taken a couple of years, State Senator, to, to get this going. So I imagine they're crossing the T's and dotting the I's, seeing that it's taken so long because these were just more and more bizarre things. And uh, not to dwell on this former president, but I remember he was in his second or third year of office and they were keeping count that he had like over 10,000 lies <laughs> in his speeches mm-hmm. or whatever whatever came out of his mouth and it was just like oh my god yeah it 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 i mean it was like everything that that ever came out of that man's mouth um was untruths and misleading and it just makes people's you know you know it just gets their temper going in a lot of different ways on both sides of the yeah. of the story because there still are a number a lot of um trump supporters mm-hmm. uh but those that are are you know recognize what is going on and the threat to our democracy and the ability to for the people to elect um those pe- you know their representatives their governor their president I mean that really, really, really was at the at the um, at the heart of it, and so you know it's just it's it's just really hard to see that we have come to this point. But I'm glad that they took their time, they mm-hmm. did their homework, they did the research, they followed the law to the nth degree, and you know if it's anybody else, it it you know they would be charged as well. So the fact that he's a supposedly very wealthy man and the fact that he served as president of the United States should not bar him from um, the, the, the uh, due process that everybody else in the United States um, needs to go through when something like this happens. We only got like a minute left in this segment. And I'm wondering uh, if you ever had any, uh, 
uh, talkings with Ada Deer, uh, who just passed away in Wisconsin, one of the big uh, native trailblazers. And I had a chance to meet her only a couple times because of my other job, state senator. And I know uh, the lieutenant governor did a, uh, a press release yesterday after her passing, 88 years old, and um, you know, got her tribe reinstated and things like that. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that on the next segment. Sure. And I'm going to bring a special guest in as well. Oh, don't, don't. Okay. All right, Mary. Hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. Stay with us. We'll be right back. ho I heard sex trafficking happens a lot in Indian country. What is that? Here are some of the real reasons why sex trafficking happens in Indian country. Unequal gender roles that were forced on us by colonization. Communities don't have enough resources. Silence around domestic and sexual violence. Lack of attention and justice for missing and murdered indigenous people. There's a lot of behavior that keeps our communities out of balance. These are just a few true reasons why Native communities are targeted by traffickers. When these acts of violence happen in our communities, it opens us all up for exploitation. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. As we emerge from the shadows of the pandemic, let us celebrate our resilience and embrace the path to a brighter future. While the COVID-19 emergency declaration may be over, our commitment to safety remains stronger than ever. We invite you to stand tall and protect what matters most, our health and the well-being of our loved ones and elders. The power to keep our community safe lies within each one of us. It's important to remember the basics when you're with someone who might be at risk of COVID complications. Wear your mask, wash your hands often, and take an at-home COVID test if you have any symptoms. We are a strong and interconnected community, and together we'll emerge from this challenge stronger than ever. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep the spirit of our Native American culture thriving. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we're back with State Senator Mary Kunish and, you know, Mary's done her own show. She's done the show here for Native Roots Radio. And what's really exciting is Mary has a guest with her right now. So I want to hand hand the show over to the state senator and uh, talk to this groovy guest that she has with her. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I just um, shouted out the window of the cabin that I'm at for the, the week and brought my sister in. This is my sister, Patrice Kunish. She's the commissioner for the administration of, uh, of American Indians out in Washington, D.C., 
with the Biden administration. Um, she's been traveling around like crazy these last couple of months and came back to Minnesota for a couple days of R&R here up at the lake. We're up north, about two hours from the Twin Cities, and it's been beautiful up here. It's a little cool today, but we, we've had some good family time and some really good R&R. And so um, my sister, Patrice Kunish, and maybe you would just Tell us where you just came from and where you're off to next. Sure. And Peitu Vashte, Mitikuapi. Yes, I'm the commissioner for the administration for Native Americans within the administration for children and families at the Department of Health and Human Services. But I also like to share that I'm the deputy assistant secretary for Native American Affairs at uh, HHS. And I also oversee this intra-departmental council on Native American affairs. So a lot of my work obviously involves the, you know, the executive oversight of ANA, but I also am involved in policy work across HHS, which is really, really rewarding. And I just came back from Tulsa, Oklahoma, where uh, we were conducting a tribal consultation on the Violence Against Women's Act. And this was uh, sponsored by the Department of Justice. It was enormously well attended. Minnesota delegation was there. And I, I just truly commend everyone who, who is in this space, who's doing, who are doing this work, and um, the incredible sincere efforts made to, to end the violence, to, to prevent the violence, and, and to provide services to victims we, I also have been spending a couple days on the um, Not Invisible Act Commission, and, and we are coming to the end of our field hearings, and we'll be drafting reports and recommendations. So uh, this is really hard space to, to be in. And, and the week before that, I, an, another related um, area, human trafficking, I was able to participate in the um, uh, HHS National Summit on Human Trafficking Prevention, where I hosted a panel, facilitated a panel conversation. And one of my guests uh, was Marissa Cummings from the Minnesota Indian Women's Resource Center. So there's lots of intersections with MMIP, VAWA, uh, victim services, human trafficking. And, uh, you know, my heart goes out to all the families of, of these victims and, um, and for everyone who who works in this area, because it's hard work, it's it's hard work, but it's really hard work. And, and for just just so that um, those that are listening, when we say VAWA, do you want to explain what VAWA is? Yes, VAWA is the Violence Against Women Act, which was reauthorized when I was uh, the um, a solicitor for Indian Affairs at the Department of the Interior when uh, President Biden was Vice President. And in 2013, we got it reauthorized. And then subsequent to that, or maybe along with that, we got a new law passed called the Tribal Law and Order Act, which authorized tribes to uh, exercise criminal jurisdiction over non-Native uh, perpetrators of violence and crime on the reservation. So uh, these are incredibly important jurisdictional uh, authorities and um, sort of all hands on deck from all areas of, 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 of law enforcement and, and, and jurisdictional public safety people to really uh, 
close the gaps in um, uh, crime and violence in Indian country and against Native people. And it's not just, you know, the crime part and the jurisdiction, but the, the Violence Against Women Act, VAWA, is um, also provides housing protections for people who are applying for or living in subsidized uh, federal government um, housing, and they are victims of domestic violence. And that includes dating violence, sexual assault, stalking, um, and it's there to help keep them safe and reduce the likelihood that they will be re-victimized. But it, it, it's for women um, and children, too, right? It is. Well, it's actually for anyone. It, it also can include men. So earlier this summer, I was out at Standing Rock, and I visited the Pretty Bird Woman Shelter. And mm -hmm. indeed, um, uh, shelter housing is so important, not just in, in um, preventing trauma or crime or violence, but in recovery, a safe place. And housing is so scarce in, in many Native communities. And, uh, you know, and housing is overrouted, as we saw during COVID. So that's a really good point, Mary, to make that it's, it's housing is a major component of solving many of these problems. Yeah. Well, it really must be so exciting to work for uh, President Biden because I feel like he's been the most progressive president we've had since FDR. It's uh, the things that he's been doing with jobs and with uh, Indian country has just been amazing. Well, Robert, I truly agree with you. And and often I share that uh, I think this administration and I and I've worked with the Obama administrations previously and oh, those administrations did terrific, tremendous work, but I think this administration has done the most, gone the furthest, pushed the boundaries, um, is are really doing incredible things. And I think the, the the goals and visions are set obviously by by President Obama. I'm just so incredibly impressed with Vice President uh, Kamala Harris. She did an amazing presentation speech on maternal health and uh, um, maternal mortality, you know, women dying during birth or after birth. And Native American women are some of the highest victims of, of, of maternal mortality. And, and she knows this. Um, the support around the Brackeen ICWA decision, just mm -hmm. phenomenal. And it was everybody out there. Uh, even before the decision, because of course we didn't know which way it would go. How are we going to address this and and not let maybe even a negative uh, decision interrupt or interfere with the services and our recognition of tribal sovereignty? So I truly believe this administration is uh, is is incredibly sincere and mm -hmm. focused and dedicated and. Um, and, and we're not giving up, you know, this is sort of midterm, right? And right. Uh, we're doubling down, it seems like. And uh, even though people are tired because of the tremendous push on all fronts, economics and, and housing and health and, and, and human services, we've got so much more to do. So uh, um, it, it's really exciting. It's really exhilarating, but we truly believe in this mission and, and working with everyone who, who share this, this mission, this goal too. 
Right. Well, I, I really feel like the Biden administration, you know, worried a little bit in the beginning, but he has uh, all those years of experience, not only as vice president, but being, a uh, you know, a lawmaker for all 40 years, he's really brought in the big, the best and the brightest, as opposed to the last, uh, the last administration that were begging people that, you know, his mailman was on there or something. I don't know, but you, you well, know what I mean? I, I have to agree with you there. So I was going to say he has set the vision and, and definitely the goals, but everyone that comes that has come in to support it. And, you know, um, oftentimes Native people are sort of um, flooded into Native American uh, positions and such. But we have Native people in in all areas, at all levels of the federal government. And I think that really makes a difference, that you're hearing sort of that wholesome, fulsome voice. Mm. And, um, and, uh, and, and we're singing in chorus and melody and harmony. Uh, it, it's, it's really quite beautiful. Yeah. Mary, it sounds uh, like what happened here in Minnesota as well. I was just going to say, you know, um, I today was the um, uh, the um, Minnesota Indian Affairs uh, meeting gathering of all the leaders and and uh, state government, and I gave a little report about our session, and um, I have a document that lists all the the good work that we did here in Minnesota for Indian Country. It's 10 pages long. Oh. It's 10 pages long. Every, wow. you know, education, healthcare, housing, economic development. Um, it, it, there was not one area that we didn't touch, you know, returning sacred lands to the tribes. It, it, it was phenomenal. Um, and I think we have that kind of encouragement knowing that uh, the federal government will support the work that we do here and we them as well. So it's good. Well, I, I will I, say Minnesota is on the map for so many things. When we, when we talk about, especially in health and human services, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hey, we're here with Patrice Kunish and state center, Mary Kunish. And uh, we're getting a lot of really good information here. And, um, Patrice, uh, hopefully you can stay on a little bit longer. I know you can't wait to get into that swimming pool, or <laughs> but uh, the lake—it's are... the lake. That's even better. No chlorine. Hey, you're listening mm-hmm. to Native Roots Radio presents. I'm awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Haley, stay with us. You work hard for every cent you make. You have bills and you have goals. Choose a bank that's going to support you along the way. That's Fair Financial Banking. No overdraft fees, no minimum balance. No credit score required. Call 651-262-2173 to talk to a Fair Financial enroller to open your account today. Keep more of your money. That's Fair. Fairfinancial.org. Fair is a program of Prepare Plus Prosper, a nonprofit organization and is not a bank. Banking services are provided by Sunrise Banks N.A., member FDIC. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. 
Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about the exterior construction company I trust, Snap Construction. If your home was hit with the most recent storms, trust the most well-reviewed exterior construction company, Snap Construction, for a free home inspection. This is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. There are a lot of great construction companies in town. My advice is to take your time and do your research. Make sure they are locally owned and that they guarantee their craftsmanship for life. Also, you want to find a company that's been in business for at least 10 years. You want to work with a company that's going to be there long after the work is done. Snap Construction has handled thousands of claims, and we'll help you through the process. Don't go with the out-of-town fly-by-night contractor. Most storm damage goes missed by the untrained eye. Trust Snap Construction for your free storm damage evaluation. For your free storm damage evaluation, call Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP or visit them online at snapconstruction.com. That's 612-333-SNAP or snapconstruction.com. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. We have families waiting for a car. You know, over 85% of unemployed are successful in finding and keeping a job if they have dependable transportation. A car plus a job equals a life changed. 612-919-5526. We have families waiting for a car. 919-5526. Or... Autotech.org. The Mary T. family of companies serves seniors and people with a wide range of disabilities. We provide home health care, hospice services, and accessible rental housing. This is Mary T., and we'd like you to join us. We're hiring direct care professionals, CNAs, nurses, and other support services. Our mission is to provide quality, personalized services to meet the unique and evolving needs of the people that we serve. Join a Minnesota family-owned company that was founded on a history of care. Apply today at MaryTInc.com slash careers. The Park Tavern in St. Louis Park is your summer destination. The patio is amazing, perfect for you and your friends to grab dinner and drinks. Enjoy a game of cornhole while you indulge in the great food. The full Park Tavern menu is available outside. The Park Tavern also has live music on the patio every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and even some Mondays through the summer. Reservations are highly recommended. And if the weather does turn, the bowling lanes at the Park Tavern are always open and are spectacular. On Louisiana Avenue, north of Highway 7 in St. Louis Park, the perfect summer is waiting for you at the Park Tavern. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, I do. Hey, we're here with State Senator and it's a great Friday meeting uh, meeting. Uh, show here. <laughs> I'm used to doing uh, meetings on Zoom, I guess. But uh, we are on the air, and we're with State Senator Mary Kunish and her special guest. And uh, welcome back, you two. And uh, I know there's conversations that we'd love to talk about, so I'm going to hand it over to you, State Senator. Sure. Well, um, we're just talking a little bit about the work that, you know, the incredible work that Patrice is able to um, collaborate on in in Washington, D.C., that hopefully will have positive effects here in Minnesota. And then, of course, um, the uh, fantastic session and the good, the mm-hmm. positive impact that it has on um, uh, that, that this last legislation has had 
on Indian country in Minnesota. But, um, you know, as a state senator, I'm the first Native woman to serve as a state senator in Minnesota. Of course, we have three uh, House members right now, uh, Representative Jamie Becker Finn, Representative Heather Keeler, um, Representative uh, Leish Kozlowski, um, who are doing phenomenal work over there. We have our uh, Lieutenant Governor, Peggy Flanagan, and we have um, Susan Allen, former representative. Um, these, you know, we're all women, Native women, who have been able to make a really positive difference in Minnesota for Indian country. And that hasn't been easy for women or men, no matter who, uh, in any, uh, in any arena. But, um, we, I just wanted to, uh, do a little memorial and recognition of the passing of Ada, um, Ada Deer, who, uh, you know, for every Native woman, uh, who is in a, a level of leadership, whether it's, you know, even being a parent or or trying to mentor uh, young folks, Ada Deer is uh, one of those people that everyone looked up to, and um, her kindness, her thoughtfulness, her um, intuitiveness, her sincerity, her understanding of Indian country and the trauma, uh, generational trauma, really uh, it was the inspiration for so many Native folks as they moved through their careers and through leadership. And um, I was just um, talking with my sister Patrice here, who has worked out in Washington, D.C. at different levels at different times. And I said, I'm sure it was in Washington, D.C. when I was visiting Patrice at one time um, that I got to meet Ada. And I, I um, because I do have a really lasting, positive, warm impression of her. And um, uh, my sister here was just saying that she had a really great conversation with uh, Ada just about a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Um I was working at the Native American Affairs, I'm sorry, I was working at the Native American Rights Fund last summer, and I had the opportunity to get on a phone call with Ada, and I worked with Ada many years ago, and I was just delighted that she remembered me, and that we spent most of the time, you know, going back through all of our different um experiences together, because I also got to see her when I was at the Department of Agriculture. We brought her in to talk about food sovereignty. But, you know, it really struck me yesterday that uh, we have lost, we have lost a real legend um, in Indian country because Ada was, uh, she just was a force de vivre. She just had so much power and I first met her when I was a young attorney or a new attorney at the Native American Rights Fund, and she was the chair of our board of directors. And I had never seen such an impressive woman. She's tall. She's, she's you know, very plain spoken, but she had such clarity of thought and conviction. And of course, um, you know, she was determined. And it was then that I really learned her story of, of uh, the Menominee tribe. Uh, mm -hmm. It had gone through termination in the 1950s. The federal yep. government just wiped it out, said, you are no longer a tribe. We no longer have uh, a, a relationship to, with you, government, a government relationship with you. And she said, uh, no, that's not going. That's just like the way she would say it. No, 
that's not going to, that's not the way it's going to go. And <laughs> she fought tooth and nail for restoration of the Menominee tribe. Hmm. Well, the Menominee tribe was one of the wealthiest tribes in the country at that time. And of course it had abundant uh, forests and, and timber resources. And it was one of the reasons why it was targeted to be terminated because of course they wanted that, that, that those resources for exploitation. And so after a decade or so or two of, of, of fighting for restoration of federal status, the, the Menominee tribe became one of the poorest tribes in the country. Wow. And NARF was uh, responsible for advocating, along with Ada and, and a lot of other people, for restoring the Menominee tribe. And not only did it restore that government-to-government relationship, we helped build the, the new constitution, the new governing structure. And that's where I got to know Ada. So just, I'm just reliving sort of that nation building experience. And, and there was so much vision um, and so much conviction uh, in her that it was going to get done and they were going to recreate this, this amazing community. And I think for the most part, she did. And then soon afterwards, she ran for Congress. And I remember her her slogan, nobody runs like a deer. You know, <laughs> she ran for Congress. And, and her slogan was, nobody runs like a deer. And, and she was running. Ada Deer was always running. And um, then, of course, she became the first woman to head up the, um, the Bureau of Indian Affairs. And yeah. Uh, and, and so here's a termin here's a leader of a terminated tribe now heading up the agency that, that terminated, wow. uh, the tribe. And it just was such a good feeling to see her, um, her leadership. And she was such a good mentor as a woman, as a native woman who understood sovereignty. You know, she was a social worker by training. And wow. I've never seen anyone who was so, as Mary said, kind and generous um, and compassionate, but also incredibly determined. And I, I think no, nothing would stop her if, if, if there was a cause or a need for her to, uh, to pursue. And so later in life, uh, she, she kept on this work, uh, just a, an illuminary in, in so many ways. She and uh, Lucille Echohawk, who I think are, are very, we're very good friends, uh, mm. just are wonderful people, wonderful mentors, and a, a big loss uh, of Ada Deer in our lives. Yeah. Well, I only got the opportunity to meet her twice, and it's just within the year uh, when I got my picture with Obama. She was there when Obama was uh, in Milwaukee, and as a Ho Chunk legislator, we I got I got to get a picture and talk to Obama for 13 seconds, and uh, but she was there, <laughs> she was there, and I got to meet her in person, and also she was really celebrated. I was MC at the uh, Wisconsin Democratic uh, Democratic Convention, and she was honored uh, uh, there, and uh, really renowned in the state of Wisconsin and the Democratic Party too. Not only in Indian country, but that's good to see that. Uh, uh, people that uh, are governmental officials in Wisconsin and uh, especially the Democrats really uh, loved her. Uh, 
She is. She was inducted into the National Native American Hall of Fame. I didn't know there was such a one. You may be in it soon, <laughs> Robin, yeah. but uh, she she truly was um, beloved by all, and uh, really inspired so many so many young tribal leaders, like Mary was saying, uh, mm-hmm. especially women, to to pursue their dream and, and represent their people and to push those issues. Yeah. Wow. Really good words. And really, uh, I'm glad we spent uh, this week talking about her. Uh, we had uh, Arvina uh, Martin, who was the first uh, uh, Madison, Wisconsin uh, city council native, and she's Ho-Chunk. And she was really pretty close with our, uh, with uh, uh, Miss Deer, and uh, we we've been talking a lot about her this week, and that's really good. Mm. Yeah, well, we'll have to keep talking about her for sure. Go ahead, Haley. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I think you know, we had Arvina on this this past weekend, last week too, and Arvina was just talking about all the wonderful memories that they shared together at Ada's 88th birthday, which was right. just a couple weeks ago, right? So, yes. Here's a photo, uh, you can't see it very well, but of me and Ada. And then there's Oneida, uh, Leslie Wheelock, and then Mescalera Apache, Butch Blazer. This is at wow. USDA. So uh, she's, you can see she just lights up the room, right? She just yeah. lights up everything. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, you guys know me as the selfie king way from way back. And I, of course, I got a picture with her and I. And uh, one of the things that I saw on Facebook is that early on in her life, she was like one of the five Native American women to be, uh, what was that, working films. She was like in the movies. And I didn't even know that, like way, oh. way, way back. No, I didn't yeah. know that either. It's just she like, had star power from the very beginning. Exactly. Well, we got like uh, another minute here, State Senator. Uh, I know you guys want to get going. Any last, any last thoughts? Uh, uh, you know, you're enjoying uh, enjoying our our clean water up there, and uh, that's yeah. a very important thing for us. I just wanted to add something, if I could. Uh, yesterday was National uh, Co Talker Day. Oh yeah, and I think uh, we were looking at the the numbers, and sadly, only three uh, code talkers, at least Navajo code talkers, are are left. There were Lakota code talkers, and I think Kiowa code talkers, and I'm sure other other code talkers from tribes. But it reminds me of how special our native languages are. Yep. And and that's something that ANA, the Administration for Native Americans, is really able to highlight with our grant funding. But we're also doing a, a, a really big national uh, project to revitalize Native languages across federal government. So, uh, uh, Robert, maybe next time I could share some, some of those activities and really tell you about uh, what work is going on and how incredibly important native languages are to, to our yes. culture and our identity. Absolutely. And, and let's do that. And I know uh, Ho-Chunk uh, has a, they're talking about naming a, a part of the highway after the Ho-Chunk code talkers too. So nice. there was many nations all over Turtle Island that helped in uh, World War II. And I think even World War One is if I'm reading. Sure. Wow. Yeah. So, Hey, 
Thank you so much. Let's talk again soon. This is Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake. And up next, Wendy with her sacred animal portion. We're going to be doing her, finishing up her, her list here. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. All right. JNS Bean Factory is a Native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Be a vaccinative. It's time to come together and talk about the urgent need to stay up to date on COVID-19 vaccinations to protect our heritage, our loved ones, and our future. Throughout history, we have always faced challenges, and today we must protect our culture and loved ones. This is our opportunity to ensure that our tribal gatherings once again resound with joy and celebration where the echoes of our ancestors guide our steps. It's a chance to care for our elders, cherishing their wisdom and stories for generations to come. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Let us unite resilient as ever and show the world the strength of the Native American community. Together, we shape a future where our traditions thrive, our children learn from our ancestors, and our people flourish once more. So be a vaccinative and learn more about staying up to date with your COVID vaccinations at health.state.mn. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. You know how it is with vacuum cleaners. You buy them, you break them, then you throw them away, right? Well, not necessarily. Often, fixing your vacuum can be cheaper than replacing it. Ever heard of A1 Vacuum in Roseville? They offer free estimates. So if you wish your vacuum worked like new again, drop by. A1 Vacuum is ready to help clean up your vacuum cleaner act. Find us at a-1vacuum.com or call 651-222-6316. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Yes, I wanted to put a little applause on that and didn't come out right. Hey, it's Fun Fact Friday with Wendy. And I know uh, yesterday I wanted you to do the fun facts, but today is Fun Fact Friday. So welcome, Wendy. And uh, please introduce yourself to our, our listening audience and watching audience. Yes, absolutely. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level. And yes, today is Fun Fact Friday. <laughs> so I've been uh, picking off this list of 300 random animal facts. And we started <laughs> from 300 and we're working our way to number one. And then what happens? We just start all over? I or? guess we'll start all over because everybody <laughs> will forget all the fun facts, right? <laughs> Look, where did I hear that before? I know. Sometimes I say it and I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't remember if I just read that or if I said it on the air. So I'm sure I, I repeat myself a lot. But I say that okay. sometimes when I'm dreaming. Right. Go ahead. I know. All right. We're going to start on 97 and work our way to number one. The longest recorded lifespan of a slug was one year and six months. Wow. How do you suppose that they, you know, found that out? 
Um, I don't know. I just got the drum. I, don't know. Back I there. think that they make this up. Some of them I skip. <laughs> I, some of them I skip because I don't like them. So oh. I'm using my own discretion. Here. So it's really like 240. It could be, bags. or maybe less. <laughs> no two tigers have the same stripes. And this is how individual tigers can be identified. It's like a, a fingerprint. Wow. Yeah. Chocolate, macadamia nuts, cooked onions, or anything with caffeine is harmful to dogs. I think I've mentioned that before. Yeah. yeah That's you good always, to bring that up. Yeah, it is. And you should always look up something if you want to give your dog something. Just look it up and make sure it's safe because they can't metabolize food the same way we do. Right. Don't try. Fireflies do not bite or have pinchers. Fireflies are harmless. They don't even carry diseases. And they don't really spark fire per se. That's not a spark when you see fireflies. That's some kind of electricity. <laughs> we share 98.4% of our DNA with a chimp. Well, that was before the aliens came and uh oh never mind. That's a different show. <laughs> we share 70% of our DNA with a slug. <laughs> I know you do. The fear of animals is called, do you have any idea, Robert? No. Okay. It's called, if you're afraid of animals, it's called zoophobia. So you're afraid to go to the zoo and you have phobia. <laughs> and I, I just learned this pretty recently. Dogs have sweat glands in between their paws. That's so if they're really, really hot and they're sweating, then the first thing people normally want to do is take a wet paper towel or water and dump it on their back. But that could have the opposite effect and constrict their blood vessels and cause more harm than good. So you want to wrap uh, their paws in wet paper towels and put the dog in the shade and give it lukewarm water to drink. That's good cold. to know because yeah. I think... Uh, uh, and here's another one that I just remembered off the top of my head. If one dog is attacking another dog, Ooh. the dog that's attacking, this just went dark. The dog that's attacking, you lift up their back feet and they'll stop because they can't attack if their back feet are off the ground. Kind of a the wagon wheel like we did a as wood, kids. Wheelbarrow. Wheelbarrow yeah. when we were kids. Definitely. So you could do that too. Goats were the first animals domesticated by man in 10,000 BC. So they were pets or? Yeah, I guess so. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> Killer to... whales are not whales at all, rather a species of dolphin. Do they kill? That's an orca. A killer whale is an orca. Oh. Wow, I didn't know that. That's news to me. I'd have to Highlight look that, that up. One. I'm not sure it's number 87. I think they're lying about that one. Okay. But we'll see. So this is segment is kind of fun facts Friday. And maybe or, some be some lies too. Yeah. <laughs> the most poisonous fish in the world is the stonefish. I believe it. I don't even I've know. I've seen those. They look like they have acne. Yeah. The phrase reigning cats and dogs mm. originated in the 17th century England. During mm. heavy rainstorms, many homeless animals would drown and float down the streets, what? 
<laughs> giving the Wait, appearance. you read these first? That it had, uh, well, I obviously didn't read that one. I don't know if I want to hear this. It got dark again, it the radio did, show. It did, during the, okay. So they drowned and they floated down the streets, giving the appearance that it had actually rained cats and dogs. That's a sad one. Can you cross that one that's out? That's really not a fun fact. No, Seriously. I don't think that's a fact. This website, I don't know. On the average, cows poop 16 times a day. That's uh, about right where I'm at, too. Mm-hmm. The most dogs ever owned by one person were 5,000 mastiffs owned by Kubla Chan. Okay. Whoever that was. Jaws is the most common name for a goldfish. <laughs> Since the movie, though, or the book, I should say that was first a book. Lanomia oblique is the world's deadliest caterpillar. Okay, I have no no comment on that. Yeah, I don't either. The ostrich has two toes on each foot, which gives it greater speed. I would think the more toes you toes here, I could be faster. (laughs) If you cut. Off a snail's eye, it oh, will grow geez. a new one. Got dark again. I, know, I really should read these first. Let's That's see. Like, if you torture and cut off eyes of a snail. Uh, this is not a good one either. <laughs> yeah. She's pr- proofreading them now. I am. In 2003, Dr. Roger Mugford invented the Wagometer, a device that claims to interpret a dog's exact mood by measuring the wag of its tail. Hmm. I don't think it was very popular because we would have heard more about the Wagometer. Mm. They would have been selling it on Amazon for the <laughs> low, low price of $19.99, and you could Free get it tomorrow between shipping. 5 and 10 a skunk will not bite and throw its scent at the same time. Wow. Deer can't eat hay. Okay. An elephant can smell water up to three miles away. I remember reading that one time. That's amazing. Yeah. They, they need the water to take a shower. Goats and sheep are seasonal breeders. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I got to get in the right mood in the right season. (laughs) Reindeer milk has more fat than cow milk. Don't get any ideas, people. Right. George Washington's teeth were made of elephant ivory and walruses tusks. Is that real? Because I heard a whole bunch of different. I heard his teeth were made of wood. Yeah. He had wooden. I heard he could not tell a lie and he cut down some cherry tree and. Was that George Washington? Yeah. Oh. A moth has no stomach. Don't need one. I guess so. A garden caterpillar has 248 muscles in its head. (laughs) Somebody must have dissected that. In the very first bomb <laughs> that the aliens dropped. The aliens? Allies. Is... Allies. <laughs> the very first bomb that the allies dropped on Ber- Berlin in World War II hit an elephant. That's another bad one. What Seriously. The heck? We need to pre fruit the fun I facts am. Friday. Okay, let's leave off on a good note. Most elephants weigh less 
than the tongue of a blue whale. <laughs> All right. Hey, if you're, thank you, Wendy, and uh, great show today. Thank you, Statement Senator Mary Kunish and Patrice for stopping in. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. Have a good weekend, everyone. Oh, <laughs>